What's going on, everybody? This is the Buckeye Remix. I'm Jeff from Jeff Need Sports. That's Mo from Up in Flames. We're both from Off the Ball Network, and um, we're happy to have another uh, another victory remix here. These are these are so these shows are so much easier, regardless of how we nitpick or uh, regardless of how bad me and Mo are about to tell you the Buckeyes are. These shows are so a lot more fun uh, when it's a victory, and thanks to the Buckeyes, we get we get plenty of those. So, uh, Mo, how are you this week, man? I'm good. Like, you know, I mean, another victory in the books. Uh, we're almost midway through the season, which I thought about that while driving today and almost got a little depressed. Yeah. But we're entering tough. our sixth game already. But anytime we win and anytime we win big, we're going to nitpick them on this show. But that's because the measurement of Ohio State excellence, it goes along with Georgia and Alabama. You don't measure them how they look week in and week out. You think about the bigger picture. You think about the end of the season, the conference championship, the playoffs. So that's why we're so hard on Ohio State. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. So, uh, yeah, speaking of which, like that's we're at the part of the season. It's one game in the next 20 days, or I, I guess it's 19 days now. It's that weird stretch in the middle of the season to where, like, I, I know it's only one bye week, but it just feels like, and, and the competition had been great. And so then, like, you have this big gap, and then it's going to ramp up into the, you know, the the stretch run. But uh, so without further ado, we'll kind of, you know, get on with the, the, uh, the bottom line is high state won 49 uh, to 10 over Rutgers. Played, uh, I'd say the the defensive stats were jumped out a little more than the offensive stats, um, you know, overall. So it, it was a it was a it was one of those wins that I think everybody expected waking up like we're going to win this game, you know, and, and that's not always a given. I don't care what the other team is, but this nobody in the country they didn't nobody really talked about it like it was a given the Buckeyes were going to win. And they did. I just want to preface all this before we we start nitpicking. Uh, you know, they woke up. They were clearly the better team. The defense played pretty good. Um, if Ibuka doesn't make, you know, the first mistake and give them short yardage on the punt return, I don't even know if they score ten points. Um, that was a mistake. It was kind of that. There's a knee jerk right there. It was kind of nice to see the Buckeyes screw up and be behind for a second and like. I always say this. I, I I was never concerned for a second about the Buckeyes not winning the game. But the fact of the matter is, when you're down in the score, you ha- you you it's not guaranteed. <laughs> so that that's like we've lost a lot of that. I know you've seen me chirp about a lot on Twitter lately, but like people have really lost track of what the scoreboard means. Like yeah. having points and being ahead. It's very important still in football. I don't care about the point spreads. I don't care about rankings. It seems like. Maybe when we get to the end, I'll talk about how irritated I am with the high state fans obsessed with these rankings, but that's fine. It's fine. Like everybody gets to, you know, do what they want to do. But bottom line is Buckeyes had to come from behind, <laughs> technically. Short-lived. And they did. And they scored the next, I believe, I don't know, probably I don't know if they scored they didn't score the next 49, but they probably scored the next 35. And um Mayim Williams had a had a monster game. It was pretty cool to see an old school running back monster game from Ohio State. So that was a lot of good things that happened. So what's what's some of your knee jerks on the game? And we'll, we'll we'll get into this. I mean, like I told you pre-show, you know, the fact that CJ Stroud probably played his worst game as a Buckeye to date, and we put up 49 points. And I get it, it's against Rutgers. Like we we did what we were supposed to do, but at the end of the day, like there's a lot of other teams that if their quarterback plays bad, they don't put on an offensive performance. They don't have a running back who steps in and has five touchdowns and almost 200 yards rushing. They don't have, you're missing your best receiver on top of that. So you're missing your best receiver. You're missing your starting running back and your quarterback's not playing good. And you put up 49 points. A lot of teams don't have the luxury to be able to say that or for that to go their way. But we've been missing Smith and the Jigba for what, the past three weeks. I know he played a little bit in one of the games, but at the same time, like Julian Fleming's able to stand out. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a guy. Omeka Abuka is a guy. So just with that is like for it's a good sign that CJ Stroud is allowed to play that bad against a bad team. And we still can win 49 to 10. Like and we showed you that we can win any which way. Like it really looks this year. Ohio State can play with anybody because they can win no matter what. If we got to run because things aren't going in the air, we'll do it. If we have to play some defense, we'll do it. We haven't played a high-powered offense, but when I really look at the offenses around the country, it's not too many high-powered offenses that we're going to have to face 
in order to win a national championship. So I think just watching this is like, you know, I think Ohio State um, showed that they could win either way. They have they showed how deep they've been showing how deep they are week in, week out. But and then the defense is fixed. I mean, we we struggled a little bit in the very beginning watching a running quarterback, but we tightened it up. And like I said, I mean, I anytime you and me talk Buckeyes, I praise Jim Knowles. Like I, I he's he's definitely an upgraded defensive coordinator, and you see it on the field. It's just different. I mean, we have a 17-year-old kid making some noise and impressing the country right now. He's supposed to be a senior in high school and he's playing <laughs> for Ohio State and he has a name. So that, that's like my initial knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, it, and I was kind of in the same place. My knee-jerk was was more negative, but in the, still in the same breath, what you're saying is a positive, is like this team looked like a team that got up that morning. And for the probably, I think the first time this year, I didn't see the energy. It, it never looked like they were concerned. Um, I, I mean, I hate, to, I hate to point out just a player, but it's hard not to focus when C.J. Stroud is – I mean, up to this point, I, I don't even think it's a question mark if he's been the best quarterback in the country. And he really looked disinterested in that game. He looked like he looked he, he looked like he wasn't about to take an extra hit against a bad team. Um, he, I, I didn't. I won't say he gave up on any of the plays, but I don't think he, you know, did. So a lot of times, you know, he works some magic and squeezes these balls in there. And I thought he knew that, like, well, then, and which. This is also a good thing. Is like he knew the next play. Well, we can just hand it to Mayan, and it's we we can erase it. There's no reason for me to take a chance in the red zone. I was a little disappointed with the red zone offense, but overall, my biggest disappointment, and I wasn't the only one that said it. Like you could just feel the energy. Like it, they were sleepwalking. It was it was a classic mm-hmm. sleepwalking game. Um, and but that being said, they 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 not just fought through it. Like the defense was not having it that day, and they there it was. It, my, they gave it to. They just basically gave the ball to Mayan Williams and said, "Take us home." And he was happy to do it. Um, and again, but we can read I mean, CJ stat. And I, I'm not a stat guy. He he could have done whatever he wanted that game in Rutgers. If if I asked CJ Stroud right now, how many touchdowns could you have thrown against Rutgers? He would have told me eight. Um, it was there for the taking if he chose. But the the truth is, his stat line was 13 for 22, 154 yards, seven yard average, two touchdowns, which for a lot of quarterbacks would be fine, but that that is that's just um, way under the level of what we've seen from CJ. And I won't sit here and tell you that maybe that's not the game plan. I don't know that Ryan Day doesn't call him in the office and is like, "Dude, uh, we know what you can do out there. Uh, we're gonna instead of having five touchdowns this week, we're gonna do some different stuff or whatever." I don't know how it goes. Like I always get the benefit of the doubt because CJ is he's showed up when he's needed to by far, but mm-hmm. it just it just looked like kind of a disinterested team. So. Through most of the game, and we'll get to what it got later. I was very upset with the coaching staff. I was like, "You, you kind of let your team come out here um, a little lazy," and I, I thought it came across on television that way. And but <laughs> the coach did get fired up later in the game, and I, 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 his grade went up as as the day went on. Yeah, but that was basically my knee jerk. Is like, I don't know how many of these you have in you. Um, I. Very concerned about what happens when they get smacked in the mouth. I am very concerned about what happens when they get smacked in the mouth because they will. Um, it may be Iowa. It could be Michigan State. Somebody is going to hit them. Somebody's going to knock them down. Somebody's going to try and rough them up. And I'm I'm curious to how they respond because they just haven't been. I don't care what anybody says about Notre Dame. Notre Dame did not physically test them that night. They rolled over them, and it may not happen. It may not happen until you know the last game of the season or even the playoffs. But. Uh, that's my biggest concern. We'll talk about those later. So yeah, so we'll, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. We'll move on from knee jerks here because we got we got uh, some kind of down the road stuff. Me and Mo want to take care of tonight, so we're not going to dwell too long on. And, and I'll say it again: a Rutgers team that I don't care about them or their feelings. <laughs> like I'm sorry, I'm sorry you don't like being a bad football team. That's not my fault. Uh, we'll, we will get into that here in a second. Uh, let's do team grades real quick, Mo. I'll start. Uh, I gave. I was really low on the offense. I was really upset with them because I thought that they kind of took the easy way out. And they're like, man, instead of fighting through you know, this complicated passing game, let's just hand it to the running back. So I, to me, like as good as you know, Mayan was, and as good as the offensive line looked, that's fine. I just wasn't ready for that. And I thought it was kind of a bailout. So originally I had them way down, but then I go back and watch the replay and I'm like, man, they, they were all over. They, they ran all over Rutgers. They threw the ball when they needed to. They were getting chunks of yardage. You know, they, they 
so I, I raised this. I, I originally had him at like a C plus, but I raised this like a B minus and I do grade him on potential. Like it was an A for most teams in the country, but this was not a, I don't, when, when their yards, I know they're, when their play yardage, you know, average is down in the sevens instead of the tens where I'm used to it. I, I degrade him and I degrade him for energy and I degrade him a little bit for execution as good as the O-line was. Um, you know, I was, I was a little disappointed. So what'd you, what'd you give the offense? Wow, I have a lower grade than Jeff. Oh my God, what are Finally, we? Finally, you get to be the bad teacher this what week. What are we doing here? I have a C. Um, but I'm giving Mayan Williams an A plus individually. Absolutely, I, I am giving him. He played great. He answered the call, like you said. It was a bailout. Like it was like we know we're more physically dominant. We don't need to show. We don't have to put on a show against Rutgers and tell the world how great CJ Stroud is. Everybody knows that. So let's just hand it to the dog of a running back our backup running back essentially and let him run for five touchdowns and run all over Rutgers. And let's just get out of here with the win, which is what you want a team to do. But at the same time, like games like this are not preparation for the next week. Games like this are preparation where we execute, we get better. We're playing for down the line. Like in, in a lot of teams play week to week, but Ohio state and Alabama and in Georgia, those very few teams that are in the, in the, uh, playoffs or in the playoff hunt every year, even Clemson, like you're not playing against Rutgers and all right, we just need to make it through next week. We need to continue to build because it's down the line, but I give him a C. I mean, CJ Stroud played bad. Like I said, it's probably his worst game as a Buckeye, but like I said, in all that, the office still put up 49 points. So, you know, I, I give him a C. I think it was balanced, but like you said, like if I gave an individual grade, Mayan Williams is, you know, he's, he's an A plus. He played amazing. Yeah. yeah he all. He was great. Yeah, it was great. It was fun to watch it too. I was really happy for him. Um, it's yeah, it's not to say that it, it was bad, but it was just below standards. Uh, CJ threw it. Actually, he threw a terrible interception. That interception, he had no business letting go of that ball. He knows. He knows better than that. Um, it just, you know, it just, you know what? I was just one of them games to where. But also, here's what we all said before the game: go in there, get your win, get out of there, no questions asked, no drama. You know what I mean? Like the game was really never in question. So they they did 75, 80% of what we needed for them to do. So that that's a positive, but it's just hard to watch this offense when you know what they're capable of. And, you know, it's like, uh, you know, someone takes their, their brand new Corvette and, you know, drives it 45 mile an hour from point A to point B. Yeah, you got there, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's like, that's what it does. Yeah. Like you, you took, you got the nice car, but. You took the safe route and went down the street instead of putting that thing on the interstate and showing us what it really does. But also, that is a good test for, like, I will say this, like, as I think through it, like, that, that is going to come in handy for the offensive line in the future of, like, pl- run play after run play after run play rather than what they're used to is maybe a good running play and then it's a touchdown. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that – I guess if they would have thrown it too much and had the ball in the air the whole game, we'd be sitting here today saying you got to get that running game going because I kind of said that for – you know, a little, they they ran a uh, good RPO play on one of the touchdowns. Uh, I think it was Mayans. I want to say it was his third touchdown. Might have been his second. They actually ran an RPO to where, again, CJ would have been wide open to walk in the end zone. He doesn't have to, though. I mean, it's his choice. to The running back's going to get in, but at least they, they showed it. And that, that's going to be – I've been saying for two – for I guess what are we up to now with him, about 14 or 15 games that eventually that's going to be wide open. He's going to walk in the end zone. We'll see if it ever happens. I think it will. So, you know, that that was a good thing too. They showed some decent play action passes. Overall, in the offensive line, it looks like they're gelling and playing really good together. So I'm very happy about that. But um, as far as just overall performance, yeah, I think that's fair. So on defense – Defense was a good one. It is hard to look at these stats, and it's hard to watch what they did and critique much of it. And I'll give my critiques here in a second, but I gave them an A- minus because your job is, is to not let the other team do anything, and they didn't. Uh, they didn't give Rutgers anything. They gave up uh, – <laughs> this is, I can't even say it. They gave up uh, – how many passing yards here? Um, how about 80 passing yards? <laughs> and, and how about 107 rushing yards? That, that's it. That's that's your game. Like, what more can you ask? They had, they did have an interception. They did have a sack. It, they they just stifled them. Like it was never it was never a problem. One here's my nitpick about the defense. The only thing that's starting to worry me, and we'll talk about it in the next segment, is again we're not really making those instant like impact plays. We're not getting the sacks, and they're still not getting the. They did get the one interception, which was awesome. But at this point in the year, like it just. 
not getting home on the sacks and and not getting those interceptions and concerns me because this was the cupcake you know portion of the schedule so far all five games well we'll say four of them for one I don't know what we're going to call that Notre Dame game I mean it was a they had a terrible performance by a talented team but the next four games like you expect what two three sacks a game interception at least a game maybe maybe some pick sixes so it's they're doing their job as far as like a lot of things right but th- that concerns me but overall I, I great great game by him I gave him I gave him an a minus what'd you get uh a minus as well um just to hit on the point that you said about like this was a part of the schedule where like Eichenberg has been the standout like star but this is when like Zach Harrison is supposed to show you his he's a guy this is when Jack Sawyer is supposed to show you why he was one of the top five players in the country coming out of high school like during this part outside of whatever against Notre Dame that's fine doesn't look like the greatest win but it doesn't matter you won at the end of the day but it is one of those where like you're supposed to come off and be like this is why we're so deep I mean right now our two people that we're talking about more than anybody is a 17 year old kid who's supposed to be a senior in high school right now and is making the best of his opportunities when he's stepping on the field and he's starting to play while he might get a lot of playing time down the stretch. And then Eichenberg, two names that we didn't think we'd be talking about on the defensive side of the ball. We thought it'd be like Zach Harrison finally breaks out and is the defensive end that we thought he'd be. Uh, You know, Denzel Burke turns into the corners that we're accustomed to that we've kind of missed for the past couple of years. But the, the argument of DBU, because we have Denzel Burke, we're back building on our secondary, but I gave him an A minus because, like you said, I mean, you only give up ten points. You don't give up two hundred yards of offense. What else are you supposed to do against a bad right. team? Like, and if we don't muff a punt, they probably don't score ten. They probably we probably win forty nine to three. Like, if we make them have to march down the field, they clearly show like we gave them a touchdown. They couldn't march it down the field. You only had two hundred yards of offense. I think they spent it was it was like a crazy stat where they only spent like three minutes or something in the game on our side of the fifty. Like yeah. that means we you got the ball and you gave it right back. And that's what a defense is supposed to do. Like yeah, the they were the, yeah, they were extremely good. They held, I mean, their quarterback had 74 yards. He had one, the one big play they had. I I told Jay Stevens this week on his show, like I my goal was for to not give up a play over 20. They gave up one play over 20 yards, didn't amount to anything, maybe a field goal. And you take that away. Their starting quarterback had 74 yards passing 10 for 19 attempts. Like that's a I mean, completely stifled them. I just, it, you know, let's like I said, we got a nitpick here. Is the only thing is they're just not making, but they did have six tackles for loss, so that that is something. They're yeah. here's what they did uh, last year, last year, and they're not doing it this year. Last year, they hit the guy in the backfield, he got away and got a first down, and it's just not happening this year. Which a buck as a Buckeye fan knows to, to see them make the tackles when they, when not let you know give up the big play after broken tackles is is as good as a sack. I just, again, I'm grading them like you are. I'm looking, if you're playing Georgia, if you can't sack Stetson Bennett, you're going to lose. If you're playing Alabama and you can't get to Bryce Young, you're going to lose. If you can't get to McCarthy in Michigan, he's going to get out there. He's going to cause trouble if you can't get him you know, get him down. And I know they throw the ball away. Every, I, I get it. But still, getting the guy throwing the ball away saves yardage and so on and so forth. I'm, you're going to have to... You're going to have to hit the quarterback if you're going to win a national championship. I don't see a world to where you win a national championship and you have one sack. I just That world doesn't exist to me. So that's all, yeah, that's all I'm yeah. saying when I nitpick. And then, like you said, like the difference between this year and last year is like a guy breaks out of the backfield, gets a first down. A seven-yard catch turned into 15 or 20 yeah. last year where now a seven-yard catch is a seven-yard catch. Like you're catching it and going down. The defense is flying around. So – even when you compare, I mean, this defense is playing great as opposed to how the defense was playing last year. I mean, we would miss the tackles. Like, we were giving up big plays, but it wasn't like we were getting burned over the top. It was a seven-yard catch that turned into 25 yeah. yards because we missed one or two tackles, where now these guys are catching seven yards, and we're forcing that second and three. Yeah. And you have a tackle for loss, and now it's third and eight as opposed to what was supposed to be second and three was another first and 10. What was supposed to be third, second and five is another first and 10. So I definitely got to give credit. You could tell Jim Knowles came in there. You could tell when he took the job, he watched tape and was like, what was the problem with the defense last year? Because we have a lot of the same players. So he watched tape and was like, why were they not getting it done last year? And you could tell all offseason, spring and summer, he, he straightened that out. Like he, oh, yeah, he, this, it's yeah, not this same. The same game last year, they give up at least 28 points. I mean, I'm being totally serious. Like, just, uh, uh, you know, 
um, shoot the, uh, I was looking at the, uh, receiver from Rutgers. Uh, they got one, one decent player over there. Um, yeah, Crookshank, uh, just a guy like that would have had, you know, a hundred yards receiving last year and we'd have been frustrated and kicking the TV, but then Stroud probably would have had seven touchdown passes. It would just been a different game. So I do recognize that. So, so we're talking about next year, I think overall we, you know, we, Get, that's our overall thoughts on the Rutgers game. We're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna get carried away with it. We can't overanalyze Rutgers with with the the meat of the schedule coming, you know, down the road. So we're gonna talk about me and Mo want to talk about a few things. We've had five games to watch them now, and we're gonna since I've got him on tonight, we're gonna take a second talk about like just our overall feelings and and about moving forward. So we're gonna start with the negative so we can finish the show on a positive. Um, or wait a minute. We can't skip this. We got. We'll do it now. Do you want to talk about uh, Ryan Day versus Greg Schiano now? Let's Might do as that. Well. Might let's as do that. Let's, let's get this out of the way. Um, we'll leave out a team grade. So I'll just I'll, I'll give my coaching grade right now. It went from like a C because the team looked like they were asleep and played Nintendo all night, and it went to an A because I finally got some emotion out of Ryan Day. I. And he, you know, he, he he immediately stood up for his team during after the the. I guess you want to call it a fake punt, whatever. Um, I thought that was a fun moment. Uh, you need some of those. You need some of that energy. We needed some of that energy in a building. It builds. It builds. You know, negative energy going forward. Um, you know, and then uh, my thoughts on Rutgers being upset about a fake punt. Like, just everybody's gonna say the same thing. I don't know. Just be better. Uh, there is no. There, there. That's why there's a clock out there in football. Like, you don't. You don't stop playing at any time um, when it's a, when it's an even matchup. So, what'd you think? What'd you think about the uh, the uh, the controversy or mayhem, whatever you want to call that? I mean, in a situation like that, Rutgers can be mad all they want. Like it was a late hit, right? Like he was already out of bounds. You don't lay a punt. Yeah, that was the thing. The only the only team that did something wrong was Rutgers. Yeah, like and and then Ryan Day said it wasn't a called play, so he just hey the punter seen daylight and was like, I'm gonna get a first job. Yeah, I get an opportunity to get a first down and make a big play and kind of towards the end of the game, get us hype and, and leave on a good note, right? Like, because everybody would have got, if it wasn't no late hit, it just would have been everybody tapping the punter's head. Good job. But because of the late hit, but what you like to see is you always like to see a coach get heated like that. And then it's like from a former, like he's a friend, like him and Greg Schiano were like, they're friends. So, yeah. but all that meant nothing to him at that moment. Yeah. It was a dirty play. He got fired up. And when players see their coaches go to bat for them like that, not yeah. that I don't think there's a player on the team that doesn't think Ryan Day has their back and isn't willing to go to war for Ryan Day, but that boosts the momentum. That boosts the, not for that game, for moving forward. Like that, the camaraderie in the locker room, the, I can only imagine they were like joking with coach day in the locker room after the game, like, Oh, coach, but I thought you was going to kill him. Like, you know, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you was going to swing on him. So it made, I'm sure it was a fun moment later on. And I yeah. guarantee you, Jim Knowles is playing that in the film room. Like, and I say that because Good he seems point. to be the guy of the assistant coaches, but one of those assistant coaches, him or Larry Johnson, one of them are playing that they're going to go back over it. And it's going to be a fun moment to make fun yeah. of Coach Day, maybe some ugly face, and everybody, hey, Coach, I thought you was going to swing on him. So it changes the momentum for practice. They're going to bring it back up just within the team. But to see a guy get fired up, like, all right, like, we're going to war for him. Like, he's going to war for us. Yeah. But like I said, I don't think Ryan Day needed that moment. It's not like he's on the hot seat and could be fired and Ohio State's playing great up to this point, but we see some letdown games and the coach needs to show that the players love him. Like, he's already earned all yeah. of that. The only thing he's missing is a national championship. He's literally done everything else that you need for a head coach, but we're just waiting on that national championship. So, but to see that, though, was like, I was even sitting there. I got fired up. I was like, hit him, hit him. Like, <laughs> but then I had Ryan Day really hit him. You know, oh, no, yeah, no, I'm the same way. It was, yeah, it was, you know, and here's what I say about the punter. Like he's like, I thought it's a really good sign. Like this is what he's taught. This is what you yeah, have special teams practice. You go over this and go, if he goes to the film room Sunday and he doesn't make that play, his special teams coach is going to be like, what's your read here? Like, I don't care if we're up a hundred, like, you know, if you get this look, you're supposed to take off. That's what, that's what your job is. And you know, the, the kid did what he was taught that, you know, was he, he didn't even second guess it. He, it wasn't about the situation of the game. It wasn't any other. He didn't. It's not like he it was not even like like not that he couldn't have, but it's not like he tried to cut up field and do anything crazy to get in the end zone. He took his yardage, jogged out of bounds like 
just just like you would any other play. Uh, and, and again, he's not the one that did anything illegal. So I don't care what anybody you know has to say about it. The only person that did it, the only person that got the penalty was Rutgers. Uh, Shiano lost. He's here's what I want to say too. Like I hope that I'm never at a point to where my coach has to get upset because my team's so bad. Like I can't imagine a world where Ryan Day's like we're getting beat so bad. Uh, you here's what he said: You should take it easy on us. That's what you're saying. If you get mad about that play, am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like so, I can't imagine telling another coach like, "Oh, you should, you shouldn't, you should take it easy on us." Like, no, 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 no. They put they got all their backups in there. You're there to play a game. And for then everything minutes. else they were supposed to do, like you, you took out your starters. Like, what else are you like? You can't because what you can't do is take out your starters, put your bench players in, and say go easy. And next right. thing you know, three of your depth guys, the tore ACLs, broken right. ankles, pulled hamstrings. Like, no, you're out there to play a game. Those backups Rutgers would have with a job. And, right? Do you think Rutgers wouldn't have ran the punt back if they could have or exactly. blocked it? Like you locked it. Oh, the game's over. So now, like, okay, we're telling our players to stand back too. Nah, like, no, nah. like, Mm-mm. you don't do that. It, you put nah. backups in. You pulled all your starters. All your playmakers were out. You're giving guys up. That's what blowouts are for. Like, I know this because I've seen this from bench players. Like when I was playing sports, when we played a bad team, I hated it. And then the guy behind me, like, he yep. had a good feel. He was feeling great about today's game because he knew, like. You're, I knew I'm not going to play that much. And he knows like, bro, I might be able to score 20 points tonight. Like yep. I might be able to throw a touchdown pass tonight. Like that's the type it is. So like some of those backups, once they got their opportunity, they were You're ready. Playing full board. And they're, they're showing like they, they might want to play next year. There's so many things factored in. I'm just two things. Shadow was wrong. I, I don't care if he got mad. I'm not saying he shouldn't have done it. I'm just saying he was wrong. And I do not care about Rutgers feelings. I don't care about what their fans think. I don't care about what their players think. I don't care any of that. We I'm, I'm not going to, you know, they've, they've had like what, 10 chances now to beat Ohio State. They haven't done it. They've, they, in some, they're probably eventually will one of these days. And when they do, let me tell you, they are going to let, oh, that's everyone their national know. championship. Like that'll yeah. be the so, national championship. So, yeah, they, they overreacted. It's a non point. It was fun. I think most said it best, man. It, it was, it was a fun moment. So it was nobody got hurt. It, it's all it's good. Be a fun uh, moment in practice, too. And then the, the, the punter's going to get his kudos like, man, you faster than I thought. You kind of an athlete. Like, yeah. You know, Take Ryan, away Ryan, yeah, yeah. Ryan Day, might have, Ryan Day might have got some extra kisses that night. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it might have got, got people fired up on the home front. <laughs> um, so we're going okay. We're going to talk about the rest of the season, like we said. Uh, we're going to get the negative out of the way, and then we're going to end with some positives. Uh, first of all, and we're not going to we're not going to go crazy here. Uh, I want to say for me and Mo, we talk all the time. We realize exactly how good this team is. That's why we're so critical of them because we know we're this close to having a national championship contender. Uh, so when we say concerns, we're not going to sit here and tell you that we're worried about the quarterback position or whatever. So I just want everybody to calm down. Like we, we know how good the team is and that's also the, the can be the scariest part of it. So I'll let you go first with some of your concerns going, moving down the road that you've seen so far. I mean, my biggest concern, you already said it is the fact that we don't get to the quarterback and you can get away with that against bad teams. Like we're going to, Talent is going to take you very, very far, but talent doesn't just talent doesn't take you far enough because it's national championship or bust for Ohio State pretty much year in and year out. It's win the Big Ten championship, make the playoffs, play in the national championship. We're at the point now we see how much talent we have. It's national championship or bust like nothing, nothing short of holding home the trophy, bringing home the trophy is good enough for Ohio State this year. And I think. Everybody else in the country feels like that. And there's only about two or three teams that they have that national championship or bust, but not being able to get to the quarterback, like just, it looked like a trend. Like we went from Joey Bosa to Nick Bosa to Chase Young. Then it was supposed to be from Chase Young to Zach Harrison. And it was supposed to be Zach Harrison to Jack Sawyer. Like we were supposed to have that first round defensive end guy that is going to be double digits and sacks and look amazing. And right now our best defensive lineman is a defensive tackle. One and that not that that's a bad thing, but at the same time, like we're so used to having these defensive end and these guys were coming out of high school, top of their class, top of their position. Like, and we've never seen, we keep this another year where we think Zach Harrison's going to show it. And he doesn't, I mean, this guy is a rotational defensive end now. Like he doesn't even fully have his spot. I I think he's, I think I like him better in that inside technique. Um, I think he's done a good, I think, I put it this way: If you take take out the expectations of him, because I always hate to say that, because it's not the kid's fault that he was really good. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he, he's 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 on the field and he's playing. He's not dogging it. You know what I mean? He just isn't who we 
they thought they was coming in, but I think he's done a really good job with that interior. Like he's a, he's a problem, you know, inside when, and now I, I understand this too with the, basically a three, three, five defense, essentially what they're playing, maybe even a three, two, six. Sometimes you're not g- going to have the edge rusher like you have in the past. That doesn't mean that you can't get to the quarterback. It's just going to look a little different, but um, it feels like, it feels like that extra guy, that bullet position or whatever they want to call it at Ohio state, instead of using him to blitz, which is what a lot of schools do, but you know, like Knowles at Oklahoma state feels like they kind of use him and I would say I'm almost a spy technique, and that's where we're getting a lot of those where that quarterback rolls out and he's getting tackled instead of getting getting down the field 20 yards. So I do – I just want to say I know people listen and they're like, these guys are idiots. No, we're not. We see it too. But the fact of the matter is, um, again, you're not going to win a national championship with one sack in the game. Like you're going to have to – one guy is going to have to get to the quarterback. Um, this it, – it, it's, uh, it, it's something to watch. It's, it's a real thing, and this is the second year in a row of it. And I don't know. I think JTT is getting better. And I think in a year from now, we're talking about how good he is. And I think he's a good player now. He's a starter. He's a start in most teams across the country. But as far as nitpicking, like these guys are good. We're waiting for that one great. Yes. Guy. Like, they're, they're not disrupting. Good. And they start every most everywhere else. They're good. They're playing good. We're waiting on one of them to play great. Like we're waiting on that. Where's that four sack game from yeah. Jack Sawyer? Where's that? He got three sacks and in seven yeah. or eight quarterback hurries from Zach Harrison. Like yeah. we're not saying we need that every week. We're just waiting to see that flash to know that it's there. Like that's I, it. And then, and I, and then I'm concerned about Jackson Smith and the Jigba too. Yeah, he's on my list, and there's not much I can say about it. I'm I'm just concerned about whether we're going to get a healthy. We've seen this before. Like yeah. we've seen that Ohio State guy. And we've yeah. seen it in Nick Bosa. And I'm not saying – I think Nick Bosa's was a little different because he was definitely ready to play. And a hamstring for a speedy receiver is not – like, I don't think he's yeah. milking the injury. And then oh, no. a part of our schedule where we don't need him. So you want him – I don't even yeah. know if we necessarily will need him. But if you have Jackson Smith and the Jigba, like, you love your chances a lot more against Michigan and Georgia and Alabama. And so we are playing the long-haul game – but yeah. I'm still a little concerned because like we put him out there because he seemed like he was ready to go, what, two weeks ago? And then we're like, we're sitting him again. So did he retweak it? Was he not 100% in the first place? And we were just trying to give him a go. And then now, like, you know, so as we get farther into the season, like how much of the long haul game are we playing? with? Yeah. Right. Did you how, how serious is it? I'll take the other side. I put him on my concerns, but I will play a little more upbeat here. And I real, I think my gut feeling is obviously that no, but they don't say anything about injuries in college. My gut feeling is that they're like, it's a hammy. We can't tweak this thing, you know, against Rutgers. And then now we don't have you for Penn State. Like, if they had to wait until Michigan to play Jackson, he would be able to perform if they think that that's what they need to do. I don't think it's a situation where he doesn't play this year. All gut feelings. Um, I, I do think it's I think it's precautionary because they're so blessed with the receiving room that they have. And I think that they're like, well, and I think he's probably cool with it. Like he doesn't need any like if he doesn't play, his NFL status really doesn't change. Um, I no, don't think it's have a great he doesn't need to force it. I think he's good with it. He's got a, he's gonna play. It's not like this is his last year. He could either play a high state next year or he could go to the NFL and probably start for a team next year. So I think outside of stats, and I'm sure he just wants to be out there. I never question, you know, that a kid wants to play. But but if you mess around with something with you know the hamstring and you tweak it again, that's it. Like you're not you're not recovering. Especially it's going to start getting cold in Ohio. You're going to start getting hit a little harder. You're going to go to these slippery wet games, you know, in Penn State or whatever. It's never going to heal. So then, not now. What we're doing is. Mo and Jeff are sitting here three weeks from now saying, why did he play against Rutgers? That's that's the upbeat approach I'm taking, but it is a concern. I want one of the best players in the country on my team. I think it's very important. And I think if as soon as he comes back, it takes Stroud up. Even I know it's crazy to think that he can go up another level, but I really do think it takes takes him up another level. So I'll and give you a concern is just real quick. I'm just not okay, man. to speak on that is like, even if we're taking that approach, like just as a fan, you wonder like what game do you have marked on his calendar that, that he needs, you want him to be a hundred percent by when, yeah. like, is it the Penn state game? Is it, we're going to play him against Michigan state. Like they don't have I think any- Iowa. I think you, I think you want him 
to look good in Iowa and play a, a few snaps and get out and be ready for Penn State full steam. I think that That's is the only concern is like, we, it seems like we're pinpointing like there's a game that we not that we feel like without him, we lose, but we want to be at full strength and him on that offense puts us at full strength. Yeah. So is it like, OK, we're just playing the soft approach until Penn State, because, all right, if you're ready to go against yep. Iowa, you play a little bit, we'll pull you, you're ready to go, we'll get you some game reps, and then you're ready for the big game yep. against Penn State. So that's, that's like, my concern is what is the game, what game are we pinpointing that when we put him in a couple weeks ago and he only had two catches for 20-something yards, he only played 22 snaps. Like, all right, we're pulling him. Clearly, we're not playing him against Toledo. We did, you know, we're not playing him against Wisconsin. Like, so we're not playing him against Rutgers. So is it the Michigan State game? Not that we're afraid of Michigan State. I'm just like, is it has that been the 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 like all right, we right. want you to buy Michigan State anyway because then we start Michigan State and then the bye week, or does he sit against Michigan State and then you have a bye week and then he gets rolling right after that, which probably seems like the safer thing for the Yeah, you buy him another you buy him another nineteen days right now. Uh, I think that's huge. Uh, I think originally probably Michigan State was. I'm not saying the truth is Michigan State doesn't look like the team they did when the season started. Um, oh, and I they think, can't cover. I would can't. think they wouldn't need them. So speaking of can't cover, I'll give you another one of my concerns. Um, one, it's kind of a combination. One is uh, depth at linebacker only because they played good, but like I don't know who's behind Eichenberg. <laughs> and that guy is such a linchpin of the defense. so good that it – He's so good that yeah. like – but th- these are – these are just concerns as far as like, I don't know like what kind of step they take back. And I'm a little concerned about cornerback. Um, I think it's clear now that Burke, there's an issue and I don't want to, I won't go any further. Cause I don't, I have no idea what it was, what, what's going on with him. Um, it probably has something to do with the system, a combination of a bunch of things. Um, sorry about that. And um, so that, and I just, I, I I think this team can still be got at cornerback. I just don't think they've played a very good quarterback yet. They they make a lot of mistakes. They played a couple decent quarterbacks that kind of exposed them a little bit with either pass interference calls or you know uh, not making tackles or so so on and so forth. So I'm a little concerned about the, the just that depth there and like I don't know what happens like late in the season. Um, and then our depth is hurt. Like yeah. Three starting corners are hurt. Denzel Burke hurt his hand and he's not playing good. The freshmen stepped in. The two freshmen, we had two starting freshman corners this past week. They stepped in and played fine, but it's against Rutgers. Like, you, I don't know. They could be great, but I don't know if that's who I want when I'm playing Michigan or Penn State. Like, I want my best players on the field. And with them not being initial starters, it is a little concerning, especially when two of your corners are injured. They have not played yeah. the past two weeks. So it's a little concerning because they don't really tell you what it is. Like, we don't know how hurt. They'll say knee, but is it just knee soreness? They'll say ankle, but is it just like, oh, I woke up, my ankle wasn't feeling good, and then we're playing the long game with everybody because that's what it seems like we're doing, but they yeah. don't, like, this guy sprained his knee. It's like everybody's same-time decision. I, I just, we're, we're not waking up, we're not waking up, you know, let's say best-case scenario of the day, the national championship or playoffs and beating Alabama with the secondary that was on the field. Saturday. That's that's I'm, I'll say it straightforward. Um, that that's a big concern. So the, as much as the defense has gotten better, a, a good quarterback is going to it's going to look different. It really is a, a good quarterback and veteran receivers. It's going to look a lot different. Um, and nobody wants to say it. Nobody wants to admit it. Everybody wants to fight me for it. But I got eyeballs. I can tell. I can tell what's possible out there. And it that that concerns me. But you know, it's just a concern. We, we have no proof of it. And the only other concern I got, and I, it's basically a question for you. And this is this is really starting to get at me. <laughs> is, is CJ Stroud willing to get dirty? Like, is he like is he willing to get nasty? Uh, you know, show some bite and fight and fight through a game to make it win? Because I just he hasn't had to do it, but I just I don't see it. Um, I don't see it like I did with like I say a guy like Justin Fields who I thought you know would have fought somebody's grandma to win a game. Um, I don't see it. He's definitely not. Very few are, but there's it's not like anything like JT Barrett who would 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 risk it all, you know, for for any win of the season. And I know CJ is more talented in other factors than those guys, and it's there's tough comparisons. But it concerns me if it's pouring down rain and a night game at Penn State, how CJ Stroud is going to react? Am I crazy? No. So Jeff, you know, we've talked about this what last year. We talked about this earlier this year, and I always am like. 
I don't think it matters. Like, I don't think we need him to do that. But then you see so many times, and and I think this is what we we're so used to having like really running quarterbacks. And yeah. not that like like Justin Fields was just a great college quarterback. I mean, hopefully yeah. he's great in the NFL, but what like Dwayne Haskins was a great college quarterback, but like we're used to seeing those guys run. We're see, used to having guys who take those 10 yards when given to them and slide or run out of bounds. Then we're used to the Justin Fields, the Braxton Miller, the Terrell Pryor, where if they get loose in the open field, like they're explosive and they could take it to the house. Even JT Barrett, he wasn't the fastest, but he just knew how to run the football as a quarterback. And he knew And Stroud doesn't take what the defense gives him with his legs. And it is one of those. I'm not saying we lose a game because he doesn't do it. It's just when you have the type of quarterbacks that Ohio State has, you would like to see it like you would like to see him do it. And he doesn't do it. He had an opportunity the one time when you said he could have walked into the end zone. And then he had one where he rolled out and it was like, bro, you have about seven yards in front of you. That's the play that the sideline was open. Like it was fine for you to go to the sideline, get seven yards and go out of bounds. And he still was looking to throw, looking to throw, looking to throw and then got sacked. Like it was barely a sack, but like you still got sacked. Like you took the sack. Mm -hmm. I was concerned that you're so, it almost seemed like, I don't want to say afraid, but like you have so like no interest in running. It's like any quarterback. I mean, even Tom Brady will take a couple yards if you give it to him every five years, but still like he has shown zero interest in running. And that does change the offense a little bit because there is no threat on the RPO. There is no third threat, which we talked about. If he fakes the handoff, he's either faking the handoff and throwing it or he's giving it to the running back. But there is no concern for a defense of a quarterback keep and he kills you for 15, 20 yards that we are accustomed to seeing outside of probably Dwayne Haskins. Everybody else could run. Everybody else, even Dwayne Haskins would take that five yards because he was a big body and he'd get that first down. So it is starting as I'm starting to see it more and really pay attention to it. It's like it's a little concerning because sometimes, bro, we don't need that impossible throw that we know you can make. Just give us the 10 yards in the first down. The defense is giving it to you. So give it to your offense to get there. And I'm telling you, if CJ Stroud ever ran for a 30 yard run, the offense would go crazy. The players <laughs> would go crazy if CJ Stroud ran for like 30 yards. Like I think that would put a different type of boost in the offense. So I'm hoping I just, he it, I just I, know what's coming. He doesn't have, to. I live in the Midwest. They do not play in a dome. I know what's coming. And I know that teams are, their goal is it, we already saw it. We saw the game plan last year against Michigan. That's what these good teams are going to do to Stroud. And I, I, I'm, I just, I don't know how he responds. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the kid can't do it. I absolutely will not say that. He's a terrific. He's the best quarterback in the country. I've said it a hundred times. I don't want anybody else <laughs> behind center. I just, in that one game when we, when we really need him, uh, that's that's just a concern. That's all. It's not like I'm. T- it's not like I'm calling my shot. It's just a concern. That's all. You got any other concerns before we move on to the good stuff? No, not really. Awesome. Well, it's hard to be concerned about a team that blows everybody out of the water every week. I know we sound negative. It's just because we really wanted a national title. And I always I say this. I I think maybe Ohio State could have got Georgia Saturday, which was the first time that I thought like. They were like, okay, okay, I see the possibilities now after we saw what Georgia did against Missouri. And I don't think they beat Alabama Saturday, but I, I don't think it's light years apart. I just think it's there's some positions that Ohio State's a little – I'll say young in. I won't even say weekend, just young in right now. So, But yeah. I don't think it's out of the, the world of possibility. Um, and I think, you know, we, you'll, probably, you'll talk about it in the college football show. Clemson, I think, is a little tougher than people are giving credit for, in my opinion. Uh, Pac-12 looks better. Big 12 – is all right. Um, I don't think I don't think it's going to be the cakewalk that everybody said it was at the beginning of the year. But we covered that on uh, my show not too long ago. Like there isn't that gap at the top that everybody tried to tell us there was. That's for sure. Back to Ohio State. Now we're going to talk about the overall strengths and the positives moving forward. So I'll start with one. Defense is better. They they actually are. I will quote unquote fix like Mo said. Uh, that is the that was the number one. I would I would go so far as to say that was the number one question in college football coming into this year was the high state defense. That's everybody talked about on every show, every platform. They are better. Are they perfect? No, but here's what, who, how many times we say this, Mo, all they have to do is be a little bit better last year. They didn't have to be a hundred times better. They just had to be a little better and they are a lot better. 
Um, you know, yes, the schedule has been terrible, but still, these are teams last year that would would snag three, four hundred yards on them, uh, put up some big plays. That they haven't given that up this year. Uh, the defense is much better. That's a huge positive. So then, I'll let you have one. Oh, uh, I mean, it's still the the strength of the matter is we have the best receiving group in mm-hmm. football, minus our best receiver. We still have the best wide receiver room in football. We have prob- arguably the best one-two punch it running back, and we have what I don't even think has been close, the best quarterback at college football, and we have a top-five offensive line in college football. <laughs> like, okay, so I had both those on my list, so I'll just go ahead and check those off. Like, I'm just – like, I was just – I didn't no, want to – You're right. They're awesome. All the offense, like – our, our offensive line, there were a little bit concerns of like, how good are they going to be? They, they weren't as gritty. I like, like this offensive line. They're great. We got a first, and I know it doesn't matter, but it does. Paris Johnson Jr. is going in the first round next year. So shout out to him for playing out of his mind. He's going in the first round next year. But we literally are the best at everything. We have the best offense in the country. Yeah. We have the best quarterback, and surprisingly this year, it's not even close. Like, Who's so in far, no. better than Stroud? Like he's played his worst game that he will play all year. And you still look at him as he is hands down the best quarterback of college football. He's if the season ended today, he's handing the Heisman, giving handed the Heisman probably unanimously. Like, so when I look at all the groups on offense, we have lived up to the expectation of having the best offense of college football because we do in every position group, the expectation for them, for the receivers, the running back, the quarterback, the offensive line, They've all either met or exceeded expectations. Yep. I think Henderson and Mayan Williams together are even better than people thought, even though people thought, you know, he's a preseason All-American and Henderson. Mayan Williams is a dog. The receivers, if you would have said JSN went down, you'd be like, ah, then we have a little bit of questions. We don't know how good Julian Fleming really is. Yeah, well, he's great. So is a <laughs> and so is Marvin Harrison Jr. So I just look at the offense and I'm like, they are as good as advertised preseason. And when you really look at one side of the ball for anybody I don't think anybody else has met expectations especially lofty expectations that Ohio State had they were expected to be the best offense in the country they are I don't think any other team can say that one side of the ball has been exactly as good as the whole country thought especially when you're talking about the best like if you say one of the best Alabama hasn't been one of the best offenses so like Ohio State's being labeled the deepest, the best offense and living up to that up to this point, that has to be a strength. And then showing that we can win running the ball, we can win throwing the ball, the, the, the way we play football, I don't care who it's against, the way we play football translates against every team in the country. We yeah, got to be able to score points. The ball and win. Like if we got to get gritty, we got the running backs to do it. We have two guys that can bust for 100 yards at any point in time. So the fact that our offense is rolling on both sides, I think we had questions about the run game last year. They're hitting on all cylinders, and it translates to whatever style of football you have to play on the road to winning a national championship. Yeah, I agree. I had both that. I had, no, I did. I did circle that. I wrote down CJ is is without a doubt the best passer in the country, and that that and he. he I agree with everything you said. He would win the Heisman right now. Um, you know, Simon, I just so. no. I don't think it is right now. Not not right now. That's what I said. We're going to see. And I think another positive, like just be honest, is the schedule doesn't look near anybody can lose. We've we've seen that. But the schedule, like Iowa is not who we thought. Michigan State is not who we thought. Wisconsin wasn't who we thought. And you know me, it's all about the schedule. It's all about getting wins. And I don't care if these teams aren't as good as we thought. I'm, I'm happy with that. So the the path to the playoffs doesn't look as difficult as it did. Michigan looks very good, and we knew that. But um, the, the overall path to the play, Penn State is better. I think Penn State's a lot better than people thought, and that's going to be a battle. The, the, it's going to, the weather's going to determine how I really feel about that game. Um, but overall, the path is there. Offense looks great. Defense is much better. Um, you know, injuries are what they are. Everybody's injured. I mean, Bryce Young's even injured right now. It's like mm-hmm. nobody's perfect right now. George is taking a step back offensively, I think. So... You know, everybody's got flaws, um, and, and I said that in a tweet. Every team I saw that's a national title contender, I also saw flaws this past weekend. Nobody was perfect. Everybody has chinks in the armor, and so. Uh, but the Buckeyes are are very very good, and I do agree with people. There's whether whether I I don't really care about rankings too much, but everybody with the argument that Ohio State really should be ranked number one just based on. 
the past and how they evaluate teams and point difference and all that. I, I totally agree with that. I'm not saying they should be number one, but if they were number one, I'd be like, it makes sense. After, you know, how we've seen um, Alabama struggle versus Texas, which whatever now, and then after we saw Georgia. So I just want to tell everybody, like, this listening, I hear you. If you if you want to tell me high State should be ranked number one, I will tell you that. If you ask me if I think – we play a imaginary, you know, sixteen team tournament tomorrow. I don't think right now Ohio State wins it, but I don't I don't say they don't have a chance. I just don't think right now I just don't think physically, just maturity wise, they're quite where like Georgia's defense is or Alabama's defense is. And I think that would be my difference at this moment. Um, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. if you ask me Saturday night, could they beat Georgia? I think so. Jeff, I, I'm gonna say it. I think so. I'm gonna say it. We're the best team in the country. I'm yeah, gonna. Fine. I tell you, I just told you I don't agree, I disagree you with know, you. I know you know it, and I know like even right now, you got to be conservative. Like, like we gotta, we we don't want to scream it at the mountaintops because that's when things start crumbling. That's when the avalanche falls and you cough up a game. But when I watch, like, and I'm gonna say it, and and we don't have to spend time on it. I'm just gonna say it, and I know you agree. If Ohio State played Kent State. And took till five minutes in the fourth quarter to win the game, 100%. and then turns around and Rutgers like essentially our past to, not Wisconsin, but if we played Arkansas State and it, it took us to amazing performance in the fourth quarter of five minutes to go for us to be like, "Who we made it out," and then turn around and play Rutgers and win twenty six to twenty two. Not only are we dropping from one to th- two, we're dropping from one to probably four or five with the right. way other teams yeah. have looked. So. That's all I'm saying. So even I, I agree with that. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting here telling you, I totally agree with that perspective. I don't just because I don't call them the number one team. They have every right to be called the number one team. But you know yeah. me, I, I vote on. I look at what I look at winning the championship. So do I agree that the AP should vote them number one? I actually do, based on their standards. Like you're saying, do I think that they're the best team in the country? I don't think so. Like this Saturday, I don't think so. But they don't play the playoffs this Saturday. Um, we, you know, once I see these defensive backs, you know, get into rhythm. If Denzel Burke was playing like he, you know, did last year in some of those games, I probably would tell you that. But I just, I, I've got to see it out of that secondary. Like I just imagine if I'm playing Bryce Young, I think he, I think the yards are there. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's just I, I'm on the limp. Like I know nobody has looked to me clear cut number one, but because of that, if we're picking apart everybody to figure out who the best team in the country is. I, you can't kill Ohio State the way you could. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to kill Georgia. At the end of the day, they're 5-0. Like you said, only thing that matters is the loss column. They ain't taking one yet. They've had some uh-ohs, but they haven't taken one yet. But picking that way apart, and I, it's, it's the Ohio State fan in me taking the analyze hat off. I know if that was Ohio State, I know where we would be sitting right now. So that's like the SEC bias is real. And that's very true. And And it's the championship. It's the national championship bias because I remember, you know, after 2014, Ohio State looked, they really, that 2015 team looked bad for most of the season. Uh, They just could not get it together. They couldn't figure it out. But they let they left them up there to give them a chance to repeat. So there is some precedence here as far as defending champ. I mean, they did the same thing with Ohio State until they finally lost against Michigan State. And, I mean, honestly, if you tell me that's what this Georgia team is kind of leaning towards, I I believe that if they don't figure out the, you know the the mishaps in the offense, that they could be looking at some stupid upset out of nowhere. Even as great yeah. as you know, as great a team as they are, so I do agree with that. But I will say that 2015 Buckeyes, like they they weren't good. They didn't even know who their quarterback was going to be. But as long as they kept winning, they did give them the benefit of the doubt. Alabama, yeah. that's that's your SEC. Like that, that is what it is. But then Alabama also comes out and just steamrolls people too. Like they are, they're, yeah, they're awesome. Steamrolling Arkansas. Like when you're like, oh, we seen them struggle against Texas. How good is this team? And they're like, oh, watch this. Watch what we do against Arkansas. And they're like, okay. Like Alabama's like, I'm not saying we're us being the best team in the country. We're not light years ahead. But I'm just saying we didn't have. I'm giving the team the benefit of the doubt that hasn't had that cough up yet. Like you lost to Texas or you almost lost to Texas, should have lost to Texas. You win by a game winning field goal and Texas has two losses. Like they've lost again and they might lose again this week. So like it's, it just, it bothers me that teams win uh, in the sec specifically their wins age. Well, regardless of who they beat, 
where everybody's like, well, Ohio State, look at Notre Dame. I'm like, okay, but Notre Dame is Texas. Like, Notre Dame lost to Ohio State. They've taken another loss. That's fair. Texas lost to Alabama. They've taken another loss. Like, Notre Dame is Texas. What's They're, they're both two lost teams here. So, that's yeah. all I'm saying is like, I know. It, 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 don't age well because teams don't live up to expectations. And that's why I started this. I am in front of us. I'm completely here to agree with you. And everybody that says that, I, I think you're right. If again, if Ohio State's ranked number one, I totally support that. And I understand, I understand all the arguments. I mean, as someone that's been watching them for as long as I have, like I've been through this over decades and decades and decades. Um, you know, the same the same situation. You know, they that's why I kind of you can kind of predict how these guys are gonna vote. And I and I what what's bullshit about it is the reason they do this is because it doesn't matter. Because especially now with the playoff rankings, it does not matter what the AP does. So yeah. they they vote based on what the schedule looks like, and d- I think sometimes it's kind of like to make because it's easy. It, it, actually, the easy vote would be to put a high state number one. That's the easy vote. Like they all the numbers just lean that way. So you have to make a concerted effort not to. So if everybody just like goes down the right now, it should be a high state Alabama Georgia Clemson. I, I think I, I think that's the way it should be just by the way they've done it for decades, but it, it's not because they got to have fun with it and their vote doesn't matter anymore. And it really upsets these old sports writers that their vote doesn't matter anymore because of the playoffs. And so they, they do different things and they try to make waves. Cause when the, when the playoff rankings come out, it's, it'll be different. It'll be different. It'll be just like 2019 when Ohio state was number one coming out of it. Cause everybody said the same thing that you just said is like, that, you know, whatever team looks the best at that point, that's who they're going to put there. Like, like right now, Alabama is better than Georgia. Like, I flipped that this week. I finally seen enough out of Georgia that I'm like, Alabama will beat them right now because their offense is just in better shape. Um, yeah. You know, it's I, I want to see that game. I'm, I'm here for it. But things like that. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. But overall, it's good problems to have. We don't have to worry about it. Um, you know, this team's got this team has its own path. Doesn't matter what they're ranked or where they're ranked right now. You know, a lot of that's you know uh, conversation, but that's what we do is have conversations about it. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be fun to be on here and be like, well, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. So, um, you know, that's kind of it. I think I think the season looks really good. I think they've got a great path. I think they uh, they should win every game left on their schedule. All these things like the the West looks terrible. Like even if you want to project to like a Big Ten championship game, um, it doesn't look like the opponent. You know, like it just everything's kind of lined up for them. And Michigan could both say the same thing. Like it's it's there for them. It is there for both these teams to make the playoffs. And I think one of them is going to. I think you know, I think it's going to be Ohio State. But I think when you're when you're looking at that's you know the Big Ten. You know, and you know what I shouldn't say it. Penn State. I mean, they 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 look better every week. They're a little little clunky the other day, but it was pouring down rain. Um, I don't. I don't know. That's going to be something. I'll, I I won't know until game time about that one. But overall, yeah. my guys are in good shape. Uh, having fun. So, last thoughts on uh, um, I, you talk about Rutgers. You talk about the season coming up. Whatever you got, um, down the road. Oh, uh, nothing crazy. I'm just you know I'm waiting to see until we really play competition. Like Michigan State isn't what we thought. So I mean, we should it should be another. We should roll on into the bye week looking at a, as a hot six and zero, but. How does that break? Like, how do we look after the break? Like, that's just, you know, because a lot of other teams are going to start losing. And so, like, that week off sometimes can be detrimental, like, you know, to teams because other teams start falling off. You don't have those same teams on your back anymore. They've they've coughed up a loss. I mean, in two weeks, a lot of teams could lose. Like, I'm not saying they lose, but you could come out of your bye week in week seven and Clemson could have a loss, USC could have a loss, like, Maybe Georgia finally coughed up one and you're like, oh, this is an easy road now. We even have leeway to cough up a game. Like, and I'm not saying they do that and lose intensely, but you know, there's that leeway of doing that. So I'm just waiting to see, like, all right, let's get through Michigan State. I really I hate playing Michigan State at Michigan State because it's October. And it's probably gonna rain. So that's <laughs> Michigan State's advantage. But, you know, that's just just always it. Every other year when we play at Michigan State, it seems like up oh, it decided, you know, to pour down rain and we got to win a gritty one, but I just want to see how we look after the bye week because I just don't lose any mojo. Like, make the second half of the season be a lot stronger than the first half. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. Like I said, I, everything everything looks good. All systems go. Get you know, got to get guys healthy. That's every team in the country. Um, if a couple of a couple of these young guys can take a, another step in the next nineteen twenty, really almost a month, 
uh, then this team's really going to have something. And I think it's going to happen. Uh, it appears that the coaching's going great. Players get better every week. Um, honestly, if you get it, like I said, get a guy like Burke straightened around. McAllister looks pretty good. Styles, you know, is a freak. So if it just a couple, maybe defensive line. I mean, maybe Harrison is figured out. Maybe he's like, this is my position. I'm going to wreak havoc from in here. That's fine too. Like if all that comes together in the next 30 days, then I think this team has a legitimate shot at to win a national title. So that, that's where we sit after week five. So, um, so hey, thanks for being on again, Mo. It's always awesome to have you uh, on the remix and talk some of these things out instead of just yelling at each other um, <laughs> during the game. So uh, that's it for the Buckeye remix, everybody. This is Jeff Need Sports. That's Mo up in flames. Uh, go check everybody out at the Off the Ball Network. Um, you know, it's football season. Got a ton of stuff going on right now. That's uh, that's it for the Buckeye remix. And uh, go Bucks, and we're out.